Now, fingers crossed. Maureen, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can oh, you hear me, Carolyn? Yes, fantastic. I've got you there now, finally. <laughs> it's wonderful to speak to you. Now, I was saying uh, earlier on in the show that... During lockdown, you know, a lot of people have been thinking about, you know, doing a little bit of extra retail therapy, but maybe uh, finding things are quite expensive to kind of have shipped to them. And uh, you work in consolidation. Now, can you explain what that is for anyone who hasn't heard of it before? Yeah, sure. First of all, thank you very much for having me on your show, Carolyn. I appreciate the opportunity to, to share my knowledge and experience with your listeners. So um, consolidation is the concept where you can buy things, for example, in the U.S. or Europe or Australia from multiple merchants and a consolidator like our company. They will consolidate all the items, your items and other customers' items, and then ship them to Hong Kong. But because we've got a bunch of people shipping together at one time, it can be less expensive than if you just ask FedEx to ship a box from the U.S. to Hong Kong, for example. That can, like you said, can get very expensive. So we... We do the consolidation for you and leverage a group of people to make it more cost effective. Now, that sounds to me like it could take a lot of extra sort of time to do if you're waiting for other people's uh, goods to sort of come along together with yours. Is that is that a problem or, or does it still come quite quickly? Like how, what are the sort of turnaround times for this sort of thing? Okay, um, yes. Yes and no. I mean, um, the air freight companies ship quite frequently, um, maybe not as frequently now with COVID-19. Um, so, it, um, and you've got the time difference. You know, it takes two days effectively to fly anyway from um, the U.S. to Hong Kong. So, and then you, when you get to Hong Kong, then they have to do arrange the local delivery and everything. So I'd say for the air freight, probably um, from when your package arrives at the warehouse to maybe it gets to Hong Kong, it'd be anywhere from five to ten days before COVID-19. Now it's probably a bit longer. Our company, we do something different. We use ocean freight, so it takes um, a lot longer because it's ocean freight takes like 21 days on the water. But then the process before and after is a, a, a little bit more time-consuming. You can't just throw an Amazon box on a shipping vessel. So we have to put it on pallets, put it in a container, and all of this. But the whole idea is that you're not shipping things that you necessarily need urgently. I mean, one of the reasons we set up this company is a lot of people only go home once or twice a year, or they wait for their spouse or their friend to go to the States to pick them up. So they're actually not getting things, you know, in a few days' time anyway. They're waiting probably three months or six months to get what they want. So what we're offering is to ship um, things in six to seven weeks' time. Now, that sounds quite interesting to me, sort of what you mentioned there about shipping kind of a suitcase full of stuff. Because thinking about myself, um, when I pop home back to the UK, there are plenty of things that I miss and I can't get hold of here in, in Hong Kong at all. And so I'll always save myself a bit of space in my suitcase to bring those, you know, a bunch of those things back yeah. that I know I want and that I like. But obviously at the moment, I'm not travelling like a lot of people aren't travelling. So I'm running out out of a bunch of things that I would really like to have and I can't get hold of them. So is that the kind of thing that you, you're helping people with at the moment? Is that the sort of extra demand that you might be seeing? Yes, exactly. But even before COVID-19, people were still shipping what we call these everyday items with us um, because you know, the airlines have reduced their luggage allowances and mm -hmm. also you have a weight limit as well and it's only a certain amount of volume will fit in a suitcase. So that was the whole idea behind this business is one time I went home, my family doesn't live on the West Coast, so 
I have to take a domestic flight, and I used to check three suitcases. I used to bring three empty suitcases and fill them, like you said. And then all of a sudden they're like, sorry, you've got to pay for the third piece of luggage. And it was 150 U.S. dollars. Ouch. Yeah, and I just, I, I didn't have a choice, so I just paid it. But it got me thinking, how can I ship? And I found out about these air freight consolidator companies when I came back to Hong Kong, and I was like, okay, so let me see. If I had my 50 pounds of my, in my suitcase allowance, how much would it cost? But the most affordable one was about 140 U.S. dollars, and I had to go pick up my things. So I started thinking, well, isn't there a better way to do this than air freight? You know, I mm-hmm. don't need these things urgently. I go okay. home once or twice a year. And that's where I came up with the idea of ocean freight, because I worked in a supply chain function, and everything in a Fortune 100 company, everything we shipped was via ocean, because air freight was so expensive. Right. So I said, why can't I apply this concept of air freight consolidation to ocean freight consolidation? Okay, so obviously ocean freight takes a little bit longer than Mm -hmm. air freight, as you've mentioned. But sort of how about the environmental aspect of that? I think a lot of people have also been recently thinking a little bit more about what they do to the environment and how their sort of, you know, weekends away to Thailand or Vietnam might actually be impacting the environment and thinking, well, I might not take so many flights in future. So is is the same true for shipping? Yes, I mean, I I don't want to imply that ocean freight is like you know, most environmentally thing, but definitely there's a lot of reports that show that, you know, one air flight is uh, worse for the environment than one shipping vessel coming to Hong Kong. And you can put a lot more things on a shipping vessel. So if you think about it, you don't really need things urgently, then why not save the environment um, a little bit more? There's also other ways you can save, you know, save the environment is when you're ordering online, try to consolidate what you order, um, designate a delivery day. These kind of things also you can do to help, you know, save the environment when you're doing online shopping. Because a lot of people feel that e-commerce general is not maybe environmentally mm-hmm. friendly, but yeah. it's kind of become a necessity, especially now with COVID, and I think it's here to stay. So there's ways to try to do it uh, a bit more environmentally friendly, and definitely ocean freight is more friendly than air freight. Okay, yeah, no, that makes an awful lot of sense to me. Now, one other question, this is just thinking of a very close friend of mine, anyone who listens to my Sunday show might know who this is, but he definitely has trouble, like you say, when you're trying to get on a a flight and they say to you, your bag's too heavy and you have Mm -hmm. to pay extra money because whatever it is that you happen to be buying just is really, really heavy for its volume. Uh, So how does this work? Is it by weight or is it by volume? So for air freight, it's based on um, the weight or the volumetric weight. So if it's something very big, it can actually and heavy, it can actually increase the price more. But for ocean freight, essentially we're filling a container. So there's a fixed cost for the container. So as much as we can fit in the container, our cost is fixed. So it works easier for us. So that's why we're not so concerned about people's weight. Okay. Um, and you know we. We really don't have so much of a weight limit when you're buying, like, everyday items, okay? If you want to ship something heavy, for example, we've shipped a crib and a rowing machine, a mattress, a dining room bench, okay, something heavier like this, then we'll have to charge a a fee for the local delivery. Okay. But it's not going to impact the international shipping cost for us. Right. it's fitting in that we put everything in the container and we have a fixed cost for that. I see. So you basically you squeeze absolutely as much as you can inside of that container exactly. and then it doesn't matter kind of how much it weighs. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's really interesting and that, you know, you're probably doing really well in this situation. You know, how have you... What are the key sort of trends you've seen in people's shopping habits that have changed over the last, like, six months or so? 
Yeah, um, there's just been a, um, a huge increase in people in shopping. Like people who've never shopped in before or occasional shoppers, they're starting to shop out of necessity. Um, I mean, Amazon hired 175,000 people in April or May to deal with this demand, and they made a comparison. You know, this this volume is like Prime Day, okay, but on steroids because wow. Prime Day lasts two days, and you know now this is essentially going for two or three months. Um, but shipping times have increased exponentially. I mean, Prime used to have two-day shipping. Yeah. At, at the worst, they were if you were a Prime member, they were saying two weeks. And then if you were not a Prime member, it was taking four weeks. So everyone's taking longer, and companies are having to spend more money on their warehousing. Um, their costs, you know, for example, buying um, PPE and um, setting up partitions, doing sanitizing mm-hmm. and testing. So uh, all of this stuff is, like, costing more money, and I think eventually we're going to see it rolled into the, our, our higher cost of products, not exponentially, but, you know, incrementally it's going to add on to the cost. But I think that we'll have a lot of people that are converted to online shopping who, who weren't used to doing it, so we'll see that um, a lot more in the future. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. And those people are probably going to want to know sort of a little bit more certainly about how their goods are going to arrive on time and I know that um, a friend of mine also was like waiting for an order and it got held back and held back and I think Mm -hmm. this was because of some delays that were happening with the coronavirus have you experienced any issues particularly with the the sea shipping where say a container is held in one port for a very long time because the the sailors can't move on because of whatever the quarantine situation is Um, we haven't not for the international shipping, because we usually take a direct um, vessel that goes directly from U.S. to Hong Kong. So we ship out of L.A., so there's a lot of direct vessels. Um, what we've seen is that sometimes there's a bit of a, a delay in departure. So, for example, the vessel is supposed to depart on Sunday, and then it doesn't depart to Tuesday because the vessel carrier is trying to wait for a few more containers to, to make it more full and more cost-effective. Uh-huh. So there's um, a lot of manufacturing has stopped or slowed down, so there's less exports. So the vessel, the vessel operators have reduced their shipping schedules, and like I said, then sometimes they will delay at the last minute. Um, but two days is not, you know, adding that much time to our whole timeline. And we've yeah. increased our buffer. Now, we used to say six weeks from our package arrival cutoff to arrive in Hong Kong. Yeah. We've added, um, made it seven. And fortunately in Hong Kong, we don't have trouble with the delivery schedule here. It seems that we've not been impacted so much in Hong Kong by COVID-19. Okay, and what, one other question that I wanted to ask is that there's a lot of restrictions on the kind of things that you can send through the regular post. And, you know, there are certain obvious things that no one's going to want, or we shouldn't be shipping. Mm-hmm. But are there any things that you know of that you are able to ship uh, via your system that I wouldn't be able to put in the ordinary post, for example? Okay, or even ordinary post or just even using one of the air freight consolidators, oh, yeah. like, um, for example, nail polish, sanitizer, because it has alcohol. So anything with alcohol in it, mm-hmm. Fumes, aerosol cans, batteries. Um, you know, think about things that you can't take on an airplane with you. Um, magnets. I don't know if you're buying some kind of toy or something okay. with a magnet. Yeah. But these kind of things are more restricted from, you know, either the post. But now, like, for example, in Hong Kong, you can't even ship via the post. You know, they're only shipping um, ocean freight. Um, right. So, um, you know, people are turning to air freight consolidators or to, like, FedEx. But, you know, these items are restricted. Um, and also just sometimes liquids, they're a little bit more sensitive about liquid things and okay. how they're packed. 
All right, yeah. No, that makes an awful lot of sense. And it, I was just very interested to know because that obviously helps make people make a decision when they're thinking about what uh, options they've got to do, what they want to do with their stuff. It's been brilliant to speak to you today. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on the show. That was Morlane Page of EGAP Go, a consolidation company.